All right, welcome back to the podcast today. This one's gonna be for government. I'm gonna try to get through a lot of this as quickly as I can, so I'm not gonna waste my time with a big introduction. This section is about the freedom and security of the person. So what type of freedoms do we have in here in the United States? So let's start off with the idea of slavery. Obviously, slavery was is the worst thing that probably Americans have ever done in the history of our country, but what it related to was the end of the Civil War, we passed something called the 13th Amendment, which ended slavery. But until 1865, the 13th Amendment is actually the only you know document that says we can't have involuntary slavery and all that. But it also is going to say the national government has the power to force something on the states within this, which gets looked at a little bit. Uh, basically, they're going to pass an anti-peonage act, which makes it a crime to force somebody to work for another one to fulfill any type of contract or satisfy a debt. Uh, the 13th Amendment does not volunteer does not necessarily forbid all forms of involuntary servitude, however, because they do say that involuntary servitude uh, is upheld in the idea of you serving your country as a part of the Constitution, uh, as part of the secret or the involuntary servitude act and duty, because that's constitutional to deal with our duty instead of just anything else. Uh, this is not also go to uh, People who have committed crimes as well, they can be allowed or forced to work while they are in prison. There is a second section to the uh, 13th Amendment, and that what this deals with is that basically it's going to narrow the scope of federal authority. And it basically says that the court can't do anything about discrimination because of the color of your skin. And African Americans are that's not the same as being a slave or as being a slave. This is what's led to a lot of the problems in kind of today's world. But that was in 1883. That gets overturned uh, nine, 80 years later in 1868 when the Supreme Court is going to say, now listen, all citizens of the United States of every race and color shall have the same right in every state and territory of the, of the United States to inherit, purchase, lease, hold, and convey real and personal property as is enjoyed by white citizens. So basically that gets rid of a lot of this, of the other stuff. But this background of racism that was at first held onto, you know, it, that's what makes it so rough. That's why we still have some of the issues we have today is because our government condemned or didn't condemn racism. Just like our president today doesn't condemn racism. And so it puts a bigger spotlight on these issues when these go on. So at the very end, this is said by uh, this is said by our Supreme Court is that at the very least, the freedom that Congress is empowered to secure under the 13th Amendment includes the freedom to buy whatever a white man can buy. The right to live whenever a right can live. They basically are saying constitutionally we finally have the same rights. Let's step off of that. We got to talk about the right to bear arms. Uh, this is a kind of a, a trickier one. Basically what it's saying is that we have the right to uh, – to have, to have a well-regulated militia. At first, the idea was this, was that the states individually have the right to, to have it, not the individuals. That's where the interpretation gets kind of caught up on. And what it ultimately says is that, you know, we, you have the right to own a weapon. This was, however, kind of challenged over and over again, and that in two, it was actually up until 2008 that, Basically, you didn't have the right to have a handgun in your home for self-defense. It wasn't necessarily protected by your Second Amendment. And then it goes a step further saying that 
you know, basically we can't limit certain weapons being had uh, within there. So we're not going to go too much into the gun thing just because we have bigger fish to fry. So the second thing we have to talk, or the third thing, excuse me, that we need to get into is the security of home and a person. The first one is your home is secure by the third by the Third Amendment. This has never really been challenged uh, in the courts. And what that says is that they can't put soldiers in your house or police officers in your house to live and force you to be there. Again, not really challenged. Challenge. But what does get challenged is the Fourth Amendment a lot because what that says is that basically so what used to happen is there would be blanket writs of assistance, which is basically a search warrant whenever the British wanted to look into somebody's house. That's going to all start to change. And the first thing they're going to start changing with the Fourth Amendment is that you can't just look at, you know, do a random search whenever you want of somebody. There needs to be probable cause. First situation is going to be Florida versus J&L. This is 2000 and illustrates the rule where a Miami police officer receives a tip that a teenager was carrying a concealed weapon. The two officers went to the bus stop, searched his bag, found a weapon, arrested him for the weapon. The court, the Supreme Court's going to come out and say, nope, you can't do that. That's acting illegally because it's an anonymous tip. It's not a proper tip. There's no background investigation to it. You needed a warrant to search that bag because there was no anything else. So basically what that changed was this interpretation that probable cause means somebody told me something. Now it changes it to it has to be within plain view. So there's another court case where two men are rolling or are bagging up cocaine, but they're doing it in plain sight. They get arrested after trying to hide it. And they're like, no, you clearly had the cocaine. You can't, you can't just do that, you know? And so they kind of force all of these things to be happening. So it's just this kind of constant debate about what is a legal search, what is an illegal search, what isn't a legal search, this, that, and the other, th and the other thing. What that comes to is an arrest is a seizure of a person. And when officers make a lawful arrest, they do not need a warrant to search the area from within the suspect might gain possession of a weapon or, you know, kind of destroy any type of evidence. And that's just this idea basically that, you know, you get pulled over with some, with something and it's in you you get arrested in your car they can sit your car now bringing up the idea of cars whenever police lawfully stop a car they do not need a warrant to search anything in that vehicle according to california california versus Osvedo in 1991 and it's always something that is tricky all of these things are very, very tricky because basically we are told that states, uh, that evidence seized illegally, illegally cannot be used in court. We are told that police do not need a warrant for a search and seizure uh, in certain situations. We are told that, you know, flight about running away causes a common, you know, a reasonable suspicion to stop or you know, go after a suspect. And then they're also told that whenever police lawfully stop a car, they do not need a warrant to search anything within that car. But why do they need to search? And that's where we get into this thing called the exclusionary rule. What the exclusionary rule leads to, or essentially it says, is that evidence that is gained as a result of an illegal act by police cannot be used in a trial. So in a narcotics case, if they got it illegally, they can't use it against you. 
This brings up a huge question when it comes to two other you know, issues. One of them is mandatory drug testing. You're providing the source, but is it legal to have mandatory drug testing? The courts have gone back and forth saying that's an illegal search to just randomly drug test you for whatever reason, whether it's pre-job, whether it's to do anything in schools. Uh, they can't just do that. But then it also goes a step farther when we pass the Patriot Act, in which basically it says the government is allowed to wiretap your phone without your without your knowing, you know, and what right of privacy do we have if they are wiretapping our phones without our knowing? And basically, again, it's gone back and forth over the years saying that, you know, you have the right to be free except for in very limited circumstances from unwanted government intrusion, but at the same time, you might be being watched. This is what leads into the whole Roe v. Wade thing, which is abortion. And I personally am not going to go into to abortion on this podcast because we can have a conversation about it, but reach out to me in some way, shape, or form and try to talk to me about it. If you want to record a message and send it to me, I can play a message and we can li- and I can kind of discuss my thoughts and everything like that. That could be for another time. Have a great rest of your day. Goodbye.